Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Later on in this hour, we'll be joined by Tom Herman, the head football coach at the University of Texas, Austin, coming off a big win over Baylor. They go to TCU this weekend. We will also hear this morning from Michael Rappaport, whose book, (laughs) This Book Has Balls, Sports Rants from the MVP of Talking Trash. Uh, He's on the show midway through hour number two. But we begin with pizza and commercials and kneeling NFL players <laughs> and an angry Papa John. Now, truth be told, this is a sinful admission for me to make as a New Yorker where you can get an actual good slice of pizza almost every 10 steps you take in this city. There are times where I actually want to delivery fast you know chain pizza yeah because i actually prefer like doughy pizza not thin crust crispy so there are times where like i see a papa john's commercial i'm like i want that so and if i do ever order pizza in that way it's usually from papa john's that's my go-to not domino's not uh pizza hut pizza hut no never been to a cc's uh or little caesar's so, like, I guess... What was the one before Little Caesars? Cece's? Oh, Cece's. It's like a buffet-style yeah. thing, yeah. right? I don't even know if they have them here in New York. So, I guess I'm somewhat of a Papa John's fan, but I'm not doing my part because I haven't done it in a long time. I've not bought a pizza in a long time, and apparently I'm not the only one because the company's <laughs> having some issues. I can't recall the last time I ever had Papa John's, and I've never purchased it myself, personally. Mm. I've had it just when others have, have purchased it. Right. But go ahead, sir. Well, um, you know, they're having some issues... Their sales are down, uh, and they had a conference call, I guess, with investors and whatnot yesterday, uh, and John Schnatter, which I guess is Papa John's real name, mm-hmm. uh, decided that he didn't want to give any real reason for their struggle, so he grasped at one and made one up and um, tried to hijack the NFL's issues with kneeling players and players demonstrating through the national anthem, and he decided to blame that on the sales issues his company is having because Papa John's is the official pizza of the NFL and 23 individual teams. And I guess through some kind of research, they've decided that Papa John's is the number one sponsor associated with the NFL by fans. Like if you ask a fan who sponsors the NFL, the first thing they say is Papa John's, not their official beer, the official soda, the official paper towel, whatever it is. And uh, so apparel uh, is it Under Armour now? I know it was Nike for a long no, time. No, Nike makes their uniforms. It's still, still Nike. Yeah. Okay, uh, th- their sales aren't dipping. <laughs> so, so it's now the fault of Colin Kaepernick and Malcolm Jennings and Michael Bennett and others that people aren't buying Papa John's. I'm going to sit back. You can have this. Well, one, no, I, it clearly comes off as if uh, they're scapegoating the NFL and the protests that are taking place during the national anthem. Uh, sales are down about 24%. Uh, and and so it, it's interesting that uh, 
I understand you want to protect your, your baby, and, and and Shatner has done a great job building this company. If you research his story, it, this all started in the closet of a, a tavern that his father owned, and, yeah. and, and, and it quickly grew to about a hundred uh, stores around the country in, in six years, and now I guess there are about five thousand in uh, locations, five countries, right? Yeah, so he it, he did a wonderful job building uh, this this uh, brand, uh, and and uh, if. Protest is all about uh, sacrifice, and 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 you know I, I'm sure that original protest, and it may not be the original, but the one I remember clearly from growing up and studying history, that Boston Tea Party. I'm sure that put a dent in sales of tea back in the day, right? <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure there wasn't a lot going around and a lot of sales amassing uh, during that. So uh, there's there's going to be some sacrifice, and and there's going to be. Uh, an issue with your business sometimes when there are protests associated with a product or a brand that that you've uh, hitched your particular product to. Uh, So that being said, though, I don't think he can provide any empirical evidence that shows that people are not coming into his stores or his his franchisee stores because of what's going on at NFL stadiums. Now, if he can, uh, so be it. Let's see the proof. Uh, but to scapegoat the NFL and these protests and then take shots at Roger Goodell, which we do on, uh, constantly around here, yeah. uh, uh, and, and say it's a lack of leadership and they should have nipped this in the bud over a year ago. Yeah, we are disappointed the NFL yeah. did not resolve this <laughs> right. because they owe the pizza guy something? <laughs> right. I'm sure there will be plenty who take his spot and he has pulled advertising fine. I'm sure there will be others that are Well, jump. I guess what they did actually was they removed the little, you know, you pay a lot of money to be able to put the shield, the NFL shield, mm-hmm. and say official sponsor, right. they took that off right. to free yeah. themselves yeah. of the burden of the NFL no, shame yeah. spreading across the country. No, 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 associate us with that professional league that's not able to control uh, it, its players, and, and nor should they, uh, especially not in, in this uh, space here that in, in this issue we're dealing with. So uh, I, I think, once again, it was just scapegoating the NFL. And, and if people are not flocking to your – to your stores be because of that well that that's that's part of protesting there's supposed to be some pain involved in that and 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 if he thinks that's what's causing uh this uh decrease in sales well uh, good job by these guys i know they weren't out focusing on the the uh, sponsors of the NFL, they weren't focusing their protests and 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 their ire at at anyone that's doing business with the NFL. They're focusing on what's going on going on out in the streets. What's going on with those who don't have a voice uh, in this situation? And and so they've sh- shown a bright light on that. And we have in many locales things that are taking place that are to the betterment of those those communities. And you're going to still have those, whether it's it's uh, John Shatner at, at uh, Papa John's or others who are going to turn a deaf ear and a blind eye and, and, and try to wiggle out wiggle out of addressing the issue that is before us. That's going to always happen. It's always occurred anytime we've gone down this road throughout our history. But these players aren't going away. The NFL is not going away. And uh, we will continue to uh, browbeat you with these situations until we have a more perfect union. You might have a better chance of convincing me that the earth is flat (laughs) than that people aren't buying pizza because of protesting NFL players. Maybe I'm a bad consumer. I couldn't have told you that Papa John's was the official pizza of the NFL, and I could have told you 
about Papa John and Peyton Manning's bromance on the field after the Super Bowl. Uh, I could have remembered the pictures of Papa, a drunk Papa John uh, being dragged out of a Final Four game when he was there for Louisville um, as a great example of leadership. That your, I think your two sons had you over their shoulders getting you out of the building because you were hammered. Um, I, I just, I don't, I, I, <laughs> again, I have such a struggle with people being ridiculous. And this is just ridiculous. And I guess kudos to you if you actually are holding the NFL against Papa John's and not buying their pizza. I'm impressed, I guess, by your by your commitment to your principles because I've ne- I've said this a million times between any controversy, players you know convicted of domestic violence who are now on teams that I like, steroid users, whatever it is, I, I can't imagine myself not watching a Mets game or the World Series last night, or a Rangers game, or a Giants game, or the Super Bowl. Um, And I can't imagine myself not buying pizza (laughs) because it associates itself with something that's not something that makes me angry. So I I just, there's no no line here. There's no connection. This is bulldookie. (laughs) Great word. There there are more local advertisers uh, that have pulled their average are their sponsorships with certain players uh then there right. are these national oikos the yogurt company that dropped cam newton right and well that was because of the situation with the young lady right and and then you've had uh there was a car dealership there in colorado that uh sees uh their relationship with von miller uh and and i believe that car dealership the the founder of it fought in world war ii and, and, and you know i would ask him or those who uh, goes in his relatives when they're running that dealership? If if he's still not with us, you know, did he come back and did he fight for freedom for all here in America while he was fighting for freedom for those across the pond? Uh, did that freedom matter more to him than freedom of Americans uh, here in the U.S. of A. And 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 I'm sure they would have a tough time answering that question. So great for Von Miller; he doesn't have to deal with that if they feel like he is uh, disparaging the United States by protesting. Freedom for all, uh, Vaughn. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. And and I, I think there's a dealership here in New Jersey that has uh, also uh, stopped uh, their sponsorship of, or uh, discontinued their relationship with with the NFL and, and certain players who were doing sponsorship for them. So uh, fine, you know. Right. I I think it's great that we're we're trying to uh, um, make our our country better and make right. it live up to the ideals that uh, it, it's uh, supposedly uh, espouses. But even that, while I disagree with it, at least I can attempt to see the logic in I disagree with what you say. I don't want to do business with you, Brian Jones, mm-hmm. anymore. I, like, I can, I, again, I don't agree with it, but I can see how someone would go from there to there, right? Yeah. I, I don't see how you could go, people aren't buying my pizza because mm-hmm. I work with the NFL. Yeah. I mean, when I'm standing in line for something to eat, I'm not thinking about all the business things. I mean, I even... I disagree. Think about your gut. I mean, the guy who's in charge of Chick-fil-A, I mean, it's a, it's a Christian-based right. company, and, and he has said things and believes things that are in, in stark contrast to things that I say and believe about social issues. I have Chick-fil-A, and I'm not standing there going, maybe I shouldn't eat here, and maybe that makes me a bad person, yeah. and maybe I should have 
better conviction and stand by my words and not have the best chicken sandwich but in the hunger, entire world. But yeah, uh, supersedes I'm hungry. that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it tastes good. And, and it is good. Well, and I want some pizza right now yeah, as well. Yeah, or Chick-fil-A. I, right. Just bring it to me. John Shatner and the CEO of, 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 of Papa John's, I, and not, not once did I hear them say there's any validity to what these guys are doing. It's interesting. I was on the plane a couple weeks ago and I heard a gentleman talking behind me to the gentleman sitting to to uh, next to him, and he was talking about how he disagreed with the NFL protests and yada, yada yada. He said they shouldn't do it at the game; they should go down to police precincts and 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 and, and pro- protest. But never did I hear him say if they did that, I would join in. Of with course them. not. Never did I hear him say that. And you're supposed never. to infer that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, doesn't you matter be there with him. No, because he doesn't give a damn about yeah. those black lives that we're talking about. It's not a geography issue, Brian. No. They're not doing it in the oh, wrong place. They're just doing not. it. That's why we don't listen that's, to it. That's to deflect. That's the that's me is that's the crappy argument too because yeah. it's if I, if I did it in a place that you agreed with you're not going to listen to it no you're still not listening you're exactly. still ignoring it uh remember when we heard this from packers head coach mike mccarthy did you just listen to that question i just answered <laughs> okay i got three years invested in brett Huntley, two years invested in joe callahan the quarterback room is exactly where it needs to be okay we're fortunate to have a great quarterback in aaron Rodgers. we're committed to the path that we're on we need to play better as a football team and Brett Huntley, he'll be, he'll be starting this week, and Joe Callahan will be the backup. And what was the date on this cut, Mikey B? October sixteenth. So October sixteenth. Uh, today is November second. So we're you know we're roughly yeah. you know two and a half yeah. weeks removed mm-hmm. from Mike McCarthy very angrily defending uh, not just Brett Huntley but also Joe Callahan when asked about bringing in Colin Kaepernick um, or I think anybody else post. Aaron Rodgers' broken collarbone. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, as Brian Hoyer passes Green Bay in the night from San Francisco to New England, uh, we find out that the Packers had some real interest in signing Brian Hoyer, he of that distinguished NFL resume, uh, they thought about signing him before he went to New England with a three-year deal, which maybe explains why he got a three-year deal, because everyone was like, why do you get a three-year deal? Oh, because maybe the Packers wanted to give him something, and New England had to, had to make it somewhat of a sweeter setup to bring him to New England. But the Packers, Mike McCarthy, so offended. And, and again, maybe this was above him. Maybe this is Ted Thompson saying, I'm sure you love Brett Hundley and Joe Callahan, but let's try and get a little bit better here. Somebody in Green Bay decided that two and a half weeks later, being so offended by Colin Kaepernick questions that they should have they should go after Brian Hoyer. But here right. we are going after Brian Hoyer. And I don't know exactly whose mind changed. I mean, no one's mind changed. Maybe there's a different voice um, this time around. But, you know, here we are again with a crappy quarterback getting consideration to play football games, but not Colin Kaepernick. Well, of course. And, and I've been stating that all these quarterbacks should uh, send a portion of their salary uh, uh, how about a, a propina, a tip to uh, Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> because the only reason you guys have jobs is because no one wants to touch yeah, him. Yeah, he's the best agent phone. in NFL history. Best getting all ever. these dudes work. Best ever, and he doesn't collect his percentage. You, you are correct. And Brian Hoyer, you, you you jettison this guy after guaranteeing him with six, seven million dollars when they signed him there at San Francisco. He should start until he wasn't, and you fire him in the middle of the season. Now he goes back to an organization that had a prior relationship with him. But yet, uh, how do you have any belief in this guy? He, he gets canned everywhere he goes, but yet he continues to get jobs. Now, I don't begrudge you uh, getting your money. I never do. But uh, we know what's at play here, and, and we knew Mike McCarthy when he was uh, getting huffy and puffy with the press uh, about a, a three weeks ago that uh, he wasn't sincere. We knew what this was all about, and, and, and so they can try to – 
down our backs and tell us it's raining, but we know it's not. Well, again, there is a small window here where this is not actually about Mike McCarthy being full of you-know-what because he may actually believe what he said two and a half weeks ago about Brett Hundley, and maybe he was almost overruled by his GM who said, Mike, I'm sure you like those guys, um, but we've got things to do here like win football games, and I'm not sure. And in particular, you might like Brett Hundley. You can't like Joe Callahan enough at this point <laughs> to have him be plan B. So maybe somebody was like, we need plan B. Yeah. But either way, we've gone from the head coach almost wanting to fight somebody for asking, right. for, to dare to ask about giving J- Brett Hundley slash Joe Callahan some competition <laughs> to <laughs> the Packers maybe running up the price on Brian Hoyer because they were interested in him. And I think it was a, a one Colin Kaepernick that helped knock the Packers out of the playoff a few years back. And I remember talking to a friend who was a part of the organization at the time uh, how Kaepernick had possibly change the game. We're going to have to go back and retool our defenses. And uh, so uh, he he knows uh, what the guy's capable of doing, but he knows he can't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Just come out and say it. Just be honest with us. Don't give me this crap about I don't want to have to coach somebody up at, 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 on our philosophy. We know what's at play. Niners head coach Kyle Shanahan said something interesting yesterday as well, plus Brock Osweiler's back playing, plus Todd Bowles doesn't know who's on the Jets. Mm-hmm. All of that and Brad Heller when we come back on Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Yo, it's BJ, and I'm here to tell you about Relief Factor. Here's the deal. Relief Factor is not just for former or present athletes. Not at all. It's for anyone struggling with pain. Yes, athletes, but also, yes, for anyone with back, neck, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, foot pain, hand pain, a general Give me muscle some. aches and pain. Everyone has pain, even head pain. Come on, we got you covered. You can be 30 or you can be 95. If you're in pain, I suggest you give Relief Factor a try. I can't guarantee it'll work, but here's a tip. Almost 80% of people who ordered a three-week quick start for only $19.95, they're going to order it again. That's under a dollar a day to see if it can work for you like it did and does for me. And it's 100% drug-free. That's what I love about it. Honestly, if lowering or eliminating your pain for $19.95 sounds like too much money, then you must not be in too much pain. Order a three-week quick start for $19.95 at relieffactor.com. Go to relieffactor.com to order right now. That's relieffactor.com. Or give them a call, 800-500-8384. It's Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Brad Heller has your update. Good morning again, Brad. Good morning, guys. George Springer, he was a non-factor in the ALCS against the Yankees, going three for 26. No homers, no RBIs, but he more than made up for it in the World Series. 3-2 to Springer. Shot in the left center field. Back at the wall. It's gone. Springer stays hot. And it's 5-0 Houston here in the second. Joe Buck with the call on Fox. A World Series record tying five home runs for Springer. One in each of the last four games. The Astros winning their first World Series title. 5-1 over the Dodgers. Game 7 in L.A. This was a dogfight. This was as hard a fought series. I mean, you, 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 you know, it's, it's emotionally draining, physically draining. It took seven games. Springer was named MVP. Charlie Morton pitched the final four innings for the win. Hugh Darvish lost for the second time in the series. Both times Dave Roberts had to pull Darvish after just five outs. I, I know he wanted the baseball. I know he was prepared. Uh, I just can't explain uh, the results. I, I really can't. And Clayton Kershaw four scoreless innings in relief for the Dodgers, but it was too late. The parade in Houston is scheduled for tomorrow. NBA making six straight wins for the Celtics. Into the corner, Jalen Brown, another three. Jalen never really set himself to get that shot off. It was almost sideways as he launched it from Kyrie Irving. 
Sean Grandy, Cedric Maxwell, the call, hmm. Celtics Radio Network, Jalen Brown, Kyrie Irving, each scored 22 points, 113-86, the Celtics blew out the Kings. Meanwhile, the Cavs have dropped five out of six, 124-107 to the Pacers. LeBron did have 33 points and 11 assists. The Cavs are three and five, and the Sixers and the Suns actually both have better records. Both are four and four. Philly beat Atlanta 119-109. Suns outscored the Wizards 122 to 116. From the NFL, Browns receiver Josh Gordon has been reinstated on a conditional basis. He hasn't played in the game since December 2014. Brock Osweiler will start a quarterback for the Broncos Sunday in Philadelphia over Trevor Simeon. The Patriots signing Brian Hoyer to back up Tom Brady. Guys? Uh, thank goodness for that, too. Good to see Brian Hoyer getting work again. <laughs> really. That three hours out of the NFL was really must have been tough on Yeah, difficult. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So the reason why Brian Hoyer was free to sign with New England is because the 49ers cut him after they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo shows up in San Francisco. He's all giddy, smiles, give me that jersey, I want to play. And then Kyle Shanahan says yesterday, um, I'm not promising that he plays this year. Huh? No, he's not playing this weekend, but he's not going to be out there in a couple weeks? Well, Come have, you, on have you seen that offensive line? And when Randy Cross sat in Tuesday morning, he had just come a couple weeks ago, come from watching San Francisco play live. Yeah. And he said, uh, the young man Garoppolo should probably invest in some body armor. Uh, <laughs> he just lost uh, Joe Staley. We'll see for how long yeah. with that orbital bone that was broken uh, with the help of Fletcher Cox from the Eagles. Uh, Trent, is it Trent Brown, the other young uh, offensive tackle? Let's assume them? it is. Let's assume it is, yeah. He, he was out with a concussion in their last ball game. So uh, they've had some struggles up front. And uh, I don't know if you want your future – uh, your your future to play behind that beleaguered offensive line. He probably wouldn't last too long. Uh, so I can understand them treading lightly. Yeah, usually you'll say we'll give him a week to try to pick up some of the things in his playbook. And and, and then hopefully after that, uh, he, he's gotten acclimated and then we can pinpoint what he's good at and what he's not as far as our system, and then we'll thrust him into action. But if they want to tread lightly, Sitting there at zero and eight, say, "Hey, you're our future, and we don't want you all banged up and mangled." And and, and before you become, you know. Our, so congrats, our, CJ Beathard. We're gonna let you die this right, year, exactly, and keep Jimmy fresh for twenty eighteen. Sacrificial lamb, man. If I if I'm a Niner fan, it's I'm zero and eight, and Joe Staley's getting his eye gouged out, and I trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. and twelve hours later they go, ah, "We might not play Jimmy this year." I think the fans would understand that, but because this is about the yeah, future, this is this season think. is lost. Right, right, okay. So you already resigned to the fact that we're not going to do anything. We're not even sniffing the playoff. Uh, so uh, let's see what how we can finish this thing out and just know waiting in the wings is a guy that we believe can carry this franchise uh, for the long haul. Yeah, if he doesn't play this year, then they're doing something wrong. And I get how bad their offensive line might be, but put him on the field. Think they're doing something wrong? Yeah, nah. put him on the field. No. Come on. You want to play behind that line? I mean, I don't because I'm not 6'4", 220, and I don't have any right. defenses, and I okay. can't throw a football far. I have small hands. I've never thrown a good spiral, but I mean... Uh, I would think you'd want Jimmy Garoppolo on the field at some point this year. I mean, I he's would, not running. I'm not blocking for him. So maybe those guys can figure well, things out and keep him uh, safe. That's not far off. <laughs> I'm just saying. You watch their games, man. See how these guys are. I was right. It's Trent Brown. Yeah, good job by you. Thank you. Uh, uh, I can understand this move. Maybe a couple weeks down the road they, they put him in there. But mm, no. 
I, I, I like the young buck. CJ Bassett, go on. You, you know, you've been lathered up and been running this, this offense for the last few weeks. You keep taking the hits. So maybe no Garoppolo this year in San Francisco. We're going to get at least one Brock Osweiler start for the Broncos. They've lost three straight. I believe it's eight picks over the last five games for Trevor Simeon. So to yeah. the bench he goes. Brock comes in. And uh, congrats, Vance Joseph. I hope this uh, wonderful year one as head coach <laughs> continues. That the <laughs> offense, between injury and a lack of talent and ineffectiveness, uh, has basically become a useless unit right now alongside that really good defense still. Well, they've got to get back to running the rock, and everyone was forcing Trevor Simeon to throw the ball, and he looked so good against my Cowboys. What has happened since then? Everyone's stacking the box and stopping the run. That's what's happening, and and he's been off-key, if you will, with all those turnovers, and they had five turnovers the other night uh, in, in that Kansas City ball game, and, and so now Osweiler gets another shot at being the man, and uh, he should know this offense, having played in it previously before going to Houston, and let's see if he has evolved as a quarterback in this league. He's played a ton. He's seen a lot. So you would hope that uh, the light is going off in his head and he comes back and plays much better. I'm going to say there's a 50-50 chance of that. 50-50? Yeah. I'd be surprised if if he comes out and he lights it up. Then there's our good buddy Todd Bowles, who has done really – I mean, all kidding aside, has done a – Really, really good job this year. Now his team can't hold the lead. They could. I don't want. I wouldn't say easily, uh, but they were in position to have six wins right now. They had two double-digit leads: one early on New England, one late on Miami. They could not hold on to. Well, and they, they got robbed. And they had New a England. sure. And they had a one-point lead this past week against Atlanta. And the Falcons snuck past them in Jersey in the rain to get that win. So they're three and five for Thursday night football tonight when they host the Bills. But again, they could be six and two, but even three and five, mm-hmm. because only you thought they could maybe possibly win eight games because the coaching staff let them. And we gave you a lot of you know what for that. Yep. Um, but look at you looking smart and them looking smart too, because Todd Bowles has manufactured um, decent efforts out of the, this crappy Jet roster. And, and Josh McCown, uh, these ill advised throws late in ball oh. games, these picks uh, last week versus the Dolphins and, and the week prior. I mean,. And here's a guy you're supposed to believe in. He's a vet, and, and he knows you can't make those throws and you can't put your team in perilous position, especially when they're in a position where they still have a shot to win the ball game, and yet he's the one, not these rookies who are making the boneheaded mistakes at the end of ball games. Now, all that being said, uh, in, indirectly and inadvertently, Mr. Bowles got hung out to drive by his front office on Tuesday afternoon because his normal Tuesday media availability was happening uh, as 3 o'clock turned into 4 o'clock and the NFL trade deadline was hitting uh, and Bowles was asked about any possible moves the Jets might be making. Excuse me. Did we? Who that? I'm aware of that, but I'll go upstairs and check on it. <laughs> Nothing right now. I mean, that voice. What do you know about him? No, 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 no. no. I'll go upstairs and ask about Well, wouldn't you rather have these problems than the problems the Giants are experiencing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, really? Oh, yeah, I mean, this is just funny. I mean, this yeah. just, this is a, to me, actually, the question I had is why did they schedule that press conference for that time when things could have been happening? Either do it well before that or do it after it, 
in case you do make a move, and then you have your head coach able to talk about Rashard Robinson, who they got, I think, from the 49ers, uh, that he didn't. I mean, then that literally was a reporter looking at his phone, seeing on Twitter that it had happened, and he said, did you guys just get Rashard Robinson? And Bowles wouldn't have known. Um, but, I mean, it's just that voice. My goodness. How about how about the, the head of the PR there, SID or whatever they call him, uh, how about you inform your coach as he's heading into the press conference that there's something in motion? I mean, maybe so nobody knew. Inkling. It's possible. Mm. That's what that's why the timing of it's weird to me. You could have avoided this by not having him talk at like 347 on the on trade deadline day in case something. Imagine if they got a real trade. Imagine if, I mean, I, I didn't know well, Rashard Robinson was a thing. But, no, imagine if they <laughs> traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Did you guys get mm-hmm. Jimmy G? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll go find out. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Uh, taking your Astro and Dodger reactions this morning. Obviously a monumental win for the Strohs in their city and a heartbreaking loss from the Dodgers with a chance to win game two at home and didn't, had multiple chances to win game five at Houston and didn't, got to a game seven and then laid an egg on the mound, in the field, and at the box last night to lose 5-1 and lose the series in game seven. But it's college football next. Hook em. Tom Herman's back on the show when Gio and Jones comes back with you on CBS Sports Radio. Check us out on Facebook at Gio and Jones. Brad Heller with you on this Thursday morning. Back to your phone calls uh, in our next hour, or maybe at the end of this hour, at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Uh, this depends on when Tom Herman calls in, and apparently call right now, the man. phone's ringing, so Come Mikey on. B's in full-on talking to an important person panic mode. <laughs> and we'll see how fast uh, Mike can get Tom from Austin on the phone here to uh, check in with us before the Longhorns uh, check in with number 8 TCU this weekend. Here he is, as promised, the head coach, of those Longhorns, it's Tom Herman. And what are you supposed to say? Uh, Boomer Sooner, Coach. Boy, I will stab you if you say that. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Hook him, Coach. Hook him, BJ. <laughs> coach, welcome back to the show. It's always good to have you on. We appreciate the time. Thank you. I'm going to sit back. Don't let Brian, um, you know, kiss up like a good alum. Well, I'm not going to kiss up, but uh, okay, <laughs> uh, coach, I, watching last week's ball game versus Baylor, it seemed like the offensive staff, Tim Beck, OC, and you guys, schematically, you, you went with a different approach. Can you expound on what was the mindset going into that ball game? Because I know you have a beleaguered offensive line, losing a, a, a stud like Connor Williams and, and other guys uh, on that O-line. Uh, the, the running game hasn't been what ideally you'd like to see. Well, I think, you know, one – we matched up well uh, with Baylor and, and their front four. Uh, that's uh, one of the few times this year that, that we have with uh, our, our young, inexperienced offensive line. And so uh, we were able to uh, move the ball on the ground a little bit. But I think, you know, the one thing that we did, we played with some tempo. Uh, and that, that helped our guys, you know, uh, allowed them not to have the defensive line kind of get their heels dug in or cleats dug in the ground and uh, caught them off guard a little bit. And then uh, the one thing Shane Bouchelle does really, really well is uh, he can throw those uh, what people are calling RPOs, you know. And so we we tagged uh, a lot of our runs with with RPOs. And, uh, you know, when it was there, Shane did a nice job delivering. I think we had uh, 150 yards of passing 
on on run plays and uh, you know plays that were called runs that that had RPOs tagged to them. So uh, you know it it, uh, it lent itself for uh, uh, a good week to to get going a little bit, but you know this week's a, a whole different animal with. Uh, you know, a top ten team that that we're playing this week. Are you cool with the terminology or the term RPOs, or is it something else that you assign to that strategy? Well, I, I uh, we call them uh, reliefs. You know, you get a you get relief from an overloaded box, and so that's the, that's what we call them in our offense. That uh, you know, when they when they load the box and and make it uh, difficult for you to run because there's extra people there that you, you have relief from that and the quarterback can pull the ball out and, and, and throw it on the perimeter. Coach, on the other side of the ball, your defense continues to play really, really well. How important is it to have, I don't want to say you know that side of the ball settled, but to have that to rely on as you continue to build things and get healthy on the offensive side? Well, it's monumental. I mean, we, we wouldn't even be uh, where we are right now w- without them and they there's no secret that they're they're carrying our our team and they they wear that as a badge of honor so to speak and they embrace it they enjoy it they were angry that they gave up seven points uh, against mm-hmm. Baylor uh you know we played just two weeks ago we played the number one offense in the country averaging 50 points a game and held them to 10 points in regulation, that should be good enough to win a football game, especially at home. Uh, we didn't play uh, worth a you-know-what on, on offense, and, and we wound up losing in overtime. But uh, that being said, th- those guys are playing good enough to win, and, and I think it's really good because it it speaks a lot to you know what we've been preaching for 11 months and, and the, the culture that, that we've instilled here that uh, if you play really hard, uh, and you play really, really physical, and you play for the guy next to you, and you play great defense. You're going to have an opportunity to to be in any ball game. And um, we're we're really, really young on offense. You know, there, there there are times where we have a true freshman quarterback handing off to a true freshman tailback, with a true freshman tight end and a true freshman right tackle blocking for him. And hmm. oh, by the way, we've got a redshirt freshman left tackle <laughs> and a redshirt freshman slot receiver. So. Uh, you know, that, that nowhere in America is that a recipe for scoring, you know, 40, 50 points a game. And uh, that's not an excuse. That's just uh, where we're at, and we're getting better each and every week. But I think our defense definitely knows that uh, they've got to carry us, and, and they take a lot of pride in that. The matchup with TCU coming off the loss there at Iowa State for the eighth-ranked Horned Frogs. When you look at that film, what stands out mostly about this TCU offense since we're, we're talking about your defense, which is playing pretty well, has us, uh, us, former, uh, us alums who played on that side of the ball really excited to watch those guys fly around. But TCU, other than the mistakes in the red zone last week at Iowa State, uh, what's going to be the key to stopping them? Well, they've made a uh, commitment to run the football, which is uh, a little bit different than the last couple of years. They're running the football really well. They've they've got uh, two good co- uh, running backs in the backfield there, and then uh, the quarterback Kenny Hill. You know he's a senior and he's uh, doing a lot better job of taking care of the football and managing the game. Uh, you know of our seven of our nine uh, Big Twelve opponents have. Uh, fourth-year junior quarterback starting or 
uh, senior starter quarterbacks, you know. So we've gone from, uh, you know, Jacob Park to Jesse Ertz to Baker Mayfield to Mason Rudolph to uh, now we've we've got Kenny Hill, who's a senior, and uh, he's playing really, really well in terms of managing the game uh, throughout the course of the season. But I think the thing that sticks out the most is uh, they, they, their commitment to running the football and uh, how well they do it. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Coach, um, I don't think we're on in Fort Worth right now. The, the, the show's not airing there at the moment. Do you want to name your starting quarterback real quick? So no, no one will find no, out. No, I'm uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> now, I, I know you said earlier in the week that you guys would know. Do you, do you at least know by now who's it going to be, or are you still playing your own waiting game? I, I think we're going to talk about it today, this okay. morning. Uh, I'm on, on my way into work right now, and we'll talk about it as a staff. But, um, no, that's, that's the one thing that, an advantage that that we have that you know I'm not you know I'm not going to give up that advantage just because the the public wants to know uh you know we've got two guys that uh, have won football games here that have played really really well uh one guy was was injured but he's cleared now and uh the other guy uh, in his place had a really good game and so uh you know that's that's something that I think is uh or can be an advantage for us and you know we're we're not going to divulge anything that would that would take away an advantage for us coach what's your methodology with dealing with uh disgruntled parents uh, you've had this situation with Armonte Foreman uh, and his father taken to the the Twitter verse to uh lambaste you and the staff uh how do you uh, deal with outside noise like that well we we we've, we've made a point uh, in our program to to not listen to outside noise and uh, I think there, there's a difference between hearing it and, and listening to it. You know, that I would be foolish if, uh, you know, I, I thought that we could prevent our team from hearing things that are being said on the outside. In this day and age of message boards and, and social media, uh, our, our guys are bombarded with messages. But uh, we teach our guys the importance of not listening to it and the, the – and, how not to listen to it and uh, at the end of the day we we believe that uh you know if we bunker down and, and have a bunker mentality in our program that uh really the only people whose opinions matter uh are the the guys in the room and uh you know for me the the only people that matter whose opinion uh, that matters of me is uh, our players, coaches, and, and my bosses, to be quite honest with you. And uh, right now, we uh, uh, everybody loves everybody. I mean, I, I say that uh, not with tongue-in-cheek. I mean, we, we are a very, very close unit. And, um, you know, our players love each other. Our players love their coaches. Uh, our coaches love our players. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a shame, but... You know, I made it very clear when I got here and when I was at Houston and everywhere else I've been that, uh, you know, I, I will talk to, to parents regarding anything and everything about their son's life. Uh, my job is to build better husbands, better fathers, and better employees uh, for this great country. And uh, I'll talk to them about anything, social life, girlfriends, uh, you know, 
majors, job opportunities, classwork, you you name it, uh, you know, health issues, you name it. I will talk to parents about anything and everything uh, except playing time. You know, I'm, I'm going to make sure that, uh, you know, that we teach our, our guys how to grow up and how to be men and uh, how to, you know, have a conversation with a guy that's their boss, being myself and their position coach, uh, as to what they need to improve uh, to to achieve the things that they want to achieve. And uh, we do that better than, than anybody, any program in the country, and we've got great relationships with our players. And so uh, it really, to be quite honest with you, Brian, it is literally a non-issue for us. Coach, you did talk recently, though, about, um, you know, fans, students not showing up early enough for games and starting games and coming on the field with a lot of empty seats, too many down in Austin. Uh, I, I know you do everything with a purpose. Were you looking for the right time to bring that up, or were those just kind of off-the-cuff comments that day? No, I, I, one, you know, it's, uh, it's funny the way the media works this week or uh, this day and age. I, I got asked a question, literally, I got asked, Coach, were you disappointed in the student turnout? And uh, I said, yeah, I was disappointed. And then the next day, my wife shows me a headline that says, Tom Herman calls out student body. <laughs> you know? And uh, so it, it was the, the farthest thing from that. I, I, was, uh, I was disappointed, but uh, I know there's a lot of factors that go into it, one of them being, uh, you know, we got to win more games, and, and I get that. But uh, we, we do need to figure out, and I had a meeting with our athletic director just yesterday uh, on, on how uh, we can, and we being an administration and an athletic department, uh, how we can uh, cater to and, and market to our students a little bit better and make, uh, you know, being at games enjoyable and make, it, make being at games easier uh, to to get there and get in and be early and and have incentive to do so and uh, you know we, we need DKR to be a uh, true uh, home field advantage much like most of the stadiums in the country that hold a hundred thousand people are and uh, you know it starts with us it starts with winning uh, but I think there's uh, a lot of key players involved that that need to take a look at what we can do better. Coach, in about 30 seconds, tell me how close do you feel you are to your core competencies taking hold there at UT? Oh, we're, I mean, I don't know that you could be any closer without breaking through. I mean, we, we can see the other side, we can smell it, we can taste it, we can feel it. Uh, and, you know, you, you don't, we, we, we had a stretch of five straight games against top 25 opponents or, or teams that, at one point, we're in the top 25, and we go to TCU this week to play uh, our third out of four weeks uh, against a top 20, uh, top 10 opponent. And so uh, we've been tested, and we have done everything except win the game. You know, we, we took uh, Oklahoma State into, <laughs> into overtime. We, we won possession game against Oklahoma, and then obviously – uh, the game against USC going into double overtime. So at some point, we've got to break through and we've got to win these close games, the ones that we're not supposed to win. the one that's Coach, there. i got to cut you off. I'm sorry, sir. Up against the break, Brian always asks too many questions. <laughs> Hour three, Gio and Joe. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.